Every day, the Rundown podcast keeps you in the loop about the people and places that shape Chicago. The show is possible thanks to the ongoing support of listeners like you who understand the value of our work to keep you engaged. Support the Rundown podcast at wbez.org slash rundown donate. And thank you. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome to Thursday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. In light of Labor Day, we've got lots of union news this morning. Let's get into it. There's a new report out from the Illinois Economic Policy Institute regarding union membership in the U.S. It's decreasing nationally because of certain states with laws that weaken collective bargaining. My colleague Esther Yunji Kang is reporting on this. She says this doesn't apply in Illinois, though. Researchers found that in states that protect unions, membership is growing and workers have higher wages. For instance, in Illinois, last year, our state enshrined the right to unionize in its constitution and has a unionization rate of 13 percent, which is almost double that of our neighbors, including Wisconsin and Indiana. Those states have laws that weaken unions. Economist Frank Manzo is with the Illinois Economic Policy Institute. States that protect collective bargaining rights have higher worker earnings, experience faster wage growth, and have added union members over the last decade. This is in line with a deep dive we took into Chicago unions on Labor Day last year. WBEZ found that in 2022, union petitions reached their highest point in more than a decade. My colleague Claire Kurgan is reporting that in Illinois, most petitions for new unions are making it past the union elections, which, if successful, means the union can officially enter negotiations with the employer. The success rate for those elections is now about 56 percent, which is up from percentages in the 30s and 40s over the past decade. Illinois is a more union friendly state, but there are bound to be exceptions to the rule, so to speak. Governor J.B. Pritzker just recently responded to concerns right before Labor Day that House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welsh is preventing employees in his office from unionizing. The governor said all workers should have the right to organize. The Illinois Legislative Staff Association, which now has 20 employees in the speaker's office, is saying it's been asking to talk with Welsh about voluntary recognition as a union for nine months now. But he won't. The speaker is saying there has to be an election to form a union. But that process isn't available to General Assembly employees who aren't under the jurisdiction of the State Labor Relations Board. Governor J.B. Pritzker joined U.S. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to tour an after-school program in Springfield yesterday. During the tour, he mentioned that he's confident the state will still be able to support vulnerable students, even though federal COVID relief money will be exhausted next year. My colleague Alex Degman has more on this. There he is, Mr. Secretary. Secretary Miguel Cardona stepped off a large branded bus to meet Pritzker at Fairview Elementary School, where they toured an after-school program. Pritzker says initiatives like high-impact tutoring were designed to be temporary, but he insists that students who need help will still get it. We know there are school districts where they are fully funded. They're able to take care of the programs that they need to continue. But in many school districts, that's not the case. Illinois has received $749 million in pandemic aid specifically for state-led recovery initiatives in schools. It has until next year to spend it. That was my colleague Alex Degman. In and around Chicago, heavy-duty vehicles such as semi-trailer trucks, school buses, and garbage trucks are big polluters. This is the largest freight hub in North America, actually. 
And researchers at Northwestern University are looking into how to address this. Their new study says converting just 30% of heavy-duty vehicles into electric would reduce air pollution and save lives. Researchers used computer models of pollution in the region. Study co-author Sarah Camilleri was on WBEZ's daily talk show Reset talking about these huge vehicles. Even though they, they represent a very small portion of the total vehicle fleet, they largely contribute to harmful emissions. The study says if heavy-duty vehicles were electrified and those emissions were slashed, the main people benefiting would be those in economically disadvantaged areas and mostly Black and Latino neighborhoods. They are disproportionately affected by vehicle pollution since they are more likely to be located near the factories, warehouses, and highways that get a lot of truck traffic. And now for a few quick hits. More union news. Last night, teachers and teaching artists at the Chicago High School for the Arts announced they have landed a contract with the school's management. The Chicago Teachers Union, which represents both the academic staff and teaching artists, had threatened to strike if an agreement wasn't reached. This will be the first contract for the teaching artists. And the Taste of Chicago is coming back to Grant Park starting tomorrow after the date was moved to accommodate the NASCAR race earlier this summer. That means a lot of fun, good food, and street closures, including parts of Columbus, Ida B. Wells, and Jackson. ABC7 is reporting that parts of those roads closed earlier this week, and they'll open back up this coming Monday. And more than 47,000 runners are registered for the Chicago Marathon on October 8th, which the Sun-Times is reporting is already a sizable amount, and it could sprint past the record attendance that was set in 2019. That year, there were 45,932 finishers. As for the weather, mostly cloudy today and a lot cooler than it's been, highs in the low 70s. And that's it for the rundown today. Thank you for listening. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.